This is The Plural of You, a podcast about people helping people. I'm Josh Morgan. (laughs) Jody Carpenter is a maritime educator in Erie, Pennsylvania. She works with at-risk youth in the boat shop at Erie's Bayfront Maritime Center, where she teaches high school students how to build and use small boats. This helps her students develop skills like teamwork and communication, and it provides them with opportunities to better themselves that they often can't find elsewhere. I'll play the conversation that I had with her in a moment. But before I do that, I'd like to bring up something that Adam Greenfield said in the last episode of this podcast. He made a statement related to community organizing that I've heard and read before, but something about the sentiment has stuck with me because it came from him. Maybe it was his accent, I don't know. But here's what he said. Quote, Everyone has something to contribute be it time or skills or inspiration. Everybody has a part to play, or simply just turning up, unquote. Not only is that an inviting perspective of other people, but it reminded me of Jody and her work as I was putting this episode together. Jody works mostly with troubled teenagers. That's one of many groups which are often excluded from the perks our society has to offer, in many cases for life. For many young people in this group, no amount of hard work or lucky breaks would ever help them catch up with the rest of society. And that's where people like Jody come in. She provides her students with a forgiving, patient, and trusting environment to learn new skills. And it's working. She mentions that many of her former students have visited the boat shop after graduating to share their success stories with her. And it's heartwarming to know that Jody and the staff of the Bayfront Maritime Center helped to make these stories possible. Jody and I spoke face to face at her home in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania. I never recorded an interview in person before, so I've learned lots of little things about the process along the way. I appreciate how generous she was with her time, and I'm glad to share our conversation with you. Here's Jody Carpenter, Maritime Educator at the Bayfront Maritime Center. So you are a Maritime Educator, and you're from Ohio. How does someone from Ohio become a Maritime Educator? Uh, Well, I grew up um, near Sandusky, Mm -hmm. so I grew up along Lake Erie. Uh, went to school for sculpture, so I have a BFA, and I started teaching at-risk youth downtown Dayton. Started teaching sculpture and woodworking after school and did week-long workshops during the summer. Then I moved to Maine, and there was a boat shop position. I sort of grew up around boats and was interested in boat building. What led you out to Maine? That's a long series of events. Oh, <laughs> Well, I've always really wanted to to move to New England, and uh, I knew two folks that lived in Portland. One was my best friend from growing up. So I went to Portland thinking that I might move to Vermont, Uh, but once I got to Portland, sort of felt like I had found my place. And Oh, really? uh, Well, Portland's a peninsula, so I'm surrounded three sides by water. Mm -hmm. One thing I learned about myself when I moved from where I grew up to Dayton was I missed the water. Mm -hmm. I I would just drive home to be by the lake. So you moved to Portland and back to Dayton? No, I moved from Dayton to Portland. Oh, I got it. (laughs) And then Portland to here. And then Portland to here. Okay. It's funny, when I was growing up, I tried to get away from the lake, tried to get as far away as I could, so I moved three hours south, and just thinking, oh, Lake Erie sucks, you know, so being that angsty teenager, and my life sort of brought me back to Lake Erie, which is an interesting... Yeah, I, if you would have asked me, you know, at age 16, or if you would have told me I would be a boat builder on Lake Erie, you know, at age 31, I would have never believed you. So it's been sort of gradual. 
when I moved to Portland, I was um, working at a coffee shop for a couple months, and I met a guy who worked for Compass Project, which was the first um, youth boat building organization that I worked for. He told me that I would get along really well with everybody in the boat shop, so I started volunteering there. That's how I originally got in. So I went down there, started volunteering, and one of the girls that worked there was looking for a roommate, and I was looking to get out of the um, situation I was in, my living situation. So we moved in together within like two weeks. <laughs> so he was totally right that I would just get along really well and fit in really well at the boat shop. I started there as an AmeriCorps volunteer, and I did uh, state and national AmeriCorps. That was how I originally became like a full-time employee there. And when I first started, we had seven employees, and two were AmeriCorps Vistas, two were um, AmeriCorps State and National. This was at the Compass Project? This was at Compass okay. Project. Then the recession hit, and everybody got laid off, and our programs got cut, our funding was cut, and so we scaled down to basically just the executive director and myself for a while. Um, I was still an AmeriCorps volunteer. I signed on another year, kept the programs going, and it was it was a mess, and it was really hard. That was only my second year, mm -hmm. so I really felt like I wasn't wasn't ready for that job, but I pushed through. But yeah, Compass Project still exists today, and that's how I got my start. It was really just a guy saying, I think you could do this. I think you'd get along well. And, um, and that guy's Clint Chase, who was a good friend of mine, my mentor. So, Why did you want to learn how to build boats? I, I wanted to learn a craft of some sort. I, I wanted to learn a skill set. And when I moved from Dayton to New England, I wanted to learn furniture making or some sort of craft. Boat building was really intriguing to me. So I started volunteering and started doing it and stayed one step ahead of the kids. I mean, I didn't know what I, what I was doing when I first started. I sort of, I was an apprentice for the first year. I worked with kids doing it though. I mean, and I just asked questions and you kind of have to leave your ego at the door, you know? <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> I, I don't know how to solve this problem. Let's go ask, you know, but that's. <laughs> I, you know, looking back, what a great model for teaching youth to just ask questions and problem solve and think on your feet and get their ideas of how they think that it should be fixed. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was a great learning experience for me and helped me develop. And I, I was, what, 24? Yeah, 24 when I started building boats. Now you're at the Bayfront Maritime Center. But is the boat shop just one part of the Bayfront Maritime Center? Bayfront Maritime Center is a 501c3 nonprofit that does uh, maritime-based education programs. They have a bunch of different programs. We have an adaptive sailing program. We have a Veterans at Ease program, which takes veterans PTSD of sailing. And then we also work with children of refugees and migrant families and our migrant workers. And we work with a lot of different kids. There's a lot of different programs. The ones that I mostly run is the Bayfront Alternative Education Program, which partners with Sarah Reed. What is Sarah Reed? They're sort of a mental health social service organization in Erie. It's a trifecta between Bayfront Maritime Center, which is who I work for, and Sarah Reed and Erie School District. So we get the kids that aren't doing well in the traditional classroom. They have been kicked out of mainstream education. Oh, really? And so they come to our school, and they've all been, I don't want to say sentenced, but I'll say sentenced for lack of a better word. So they get sentenced to us for either 90 days or 25 days or the rest of the year, depending. 
they go to school there. They have all their subjects there. So I teach their forced elective. <laughs> it's not an elective because it's the only one offered, you know. So I teach their shop credit. So they don't just come for the elective. They, they no, they come and go to school there all day long. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so we have you know a social studies teacher and an English teacher and a math teacher and science teacher. And I teach the the shop part of it, okay. the boat shop part of it, and it's all at the Bayfront Maritime Center. Is there a classroom component to what you do, or is it more? No, it's all part? hands on. I'm I teach a lot of job skills, communication, teamwork. And we could be building anything. We just happen to be building a boat, uh, which is great because you have to work together. It's a 22-foot lapstrake boat. And to be able to put a plank on, a 22-foot plank, you have to communicate. You have to work together. If somebody in your group bails and decides they don't want to work anymore, it makes everybody else have to work that much harder. So I think it lends itself well to teaching a lot of the skills that I'm trying to reinforce, which is effective communication, problem solving, thinking on your feet. It's a, it's a big project. I mean, even for me, it's like, you know, where do you start? But I try to break it down into bite-sized pieces. And every day we achieve something, whether it's just getting everything sanded down and ready for painting, or if, you know, we're flipping the boat over that day. I try to just break it down and take my time. And I've learned from working with this population, you just can't really ever expect to get anything done. And then you're never disappointed, you know, (laughs) (laughs) because you never know. I mean, you never know what happened the night before or that morning. I never thought of that. Yeah. And some days they come in and they're really sad or really angry. So I just have to adapt. I mean, I would say that I'm just as much of like a social worker as I am a teacher or a boat builder. I end up talking to a lot of students about their lives. And that's sort of what's cool about what I do is I keep their hands busy and get their mouths moving. So I learn a lot about their relationships, uh, their lives. When you get a group of kids like this, I imagine you can't just take them into the shop and say, okay, we're going to do this today. Like, how do you prepare them to get started with a project like building a boot? Well, I try to teach the skills as we go along. I don't like to just come in and sit them down and read through all the rules. Mm -hmm. I like to take a different tack of, you know, explain the project, what we've been doing, or even better yet, get one of the other students to to talk about what we've done and tell them about the boat or the project. I don't know. I just, I just every day. I just plan of attack, like (laughs) kind of get to know them first. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do get to know them. It's a funny thing because at our school, they have to go through two metal detectors to get to me. Oh, wow. Well, they go through like one at the airport, you know, one of those walk through metal detectors, Mm -hmm. and then they get wanded as well. And then they walk into my shop and I give them knives and saws and <laughs> all kinds of sharp tools and like, here's a bandsaw. Let's, let's cut this piece of wood. So, I mean, there's definitely trust going on there. And I've had kids say, you know, I, I'd say, okay, we're going to cut this piece. Here's a saw. And they say, well, miss, you know, I was here because I brought a knife to a football game or I brought a knife to school or I, you know, I'm not good around sharp things. And it's like, well, learn how to use it. I'll teach you how to use it and what it's for. And I think that respect and that trust, I don't think they've ever encountered that before. Just having somebody trust them and respect them enough to to give them a sharp object and teach them how to use it. 
So I ask that I don't, uh, or I guess I don't really even ask what they're there for. I don't care. We start a new chapter as soon as I walk in the door, you know. That's nice. Yeah. I don't want to know. You know, <laughs> moving forward, always. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life that people have forgiven me for. So I try to do the same thing, just moving forward, always. So um, I teach those kids during the day. That's the majority of the kids that I work with. But we also do an after-school program where they have to apply and get in. Um, so they have to write essays and fill out some, something that looks exactly like a job application. And, and so they get accepted. And, and we teach job skills and communication and all those things by building the boat and by using the CNC machine and by going out in the water and having to raise the sails together and navigate the boat together. And we do a bunch of different programming. But what I'm mostly involved with is the alternative education program and the after-school program and then the summer program. What kind of boats do you build? Small craft, um, anywhere from six feet to, well, I've done model boats before, so anywhere from two feet to <laughs> <laughs> largest boat I personally built was a 22-foot boat, and that's the boat that I'm building now. Um, and this is the second one. So it's a St. Al skiff, and it's designed to be a boat that is easily built by novices and then oh, okay. um, rowed and used by the community. So our model was to have the high school students build the boat and then start a community rowing program um, that would increase people's accessibility to the waterfront and go out rowing. We've been going out for like an hour. We, it started this summer, so we've been going out for an hour rows or two-hour rows in the morning and in the evening. So the boats are intended to be ones that anyone in the community can use? Yeah, well, that's been the model for the two rowboats that I've built, was to then start a community rowing organization, or program, I should say. Some of the boats we build, we end up selling, or they end up getting raffled off to promoter programs. How do students feel about building boats? When they first come in, I can imagine this crowd is just not having anything to do with it. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, mostly they're like, they all call me Miss. Uh, and they're like, you're crazy, Miss. Like, we can't build this thing. But then I think breaking it down into bite-sized pieces just helps them see the process and teaches them delayed gratification as well. Because I find a lot that the kids just like, I want to get this done. I want to get it done now. And building a boat or doing anything by hand is not fast. It's not yeah. quick ever. <laughs> There's a lot of steps. So I, I think for a big project like this, where we're really taking our time and doing it well, teaches them to just, you know, work a little bit more slowly, methodically, and just not worry about having things done quickly, having it now, now, now. What kind of skills do you teach that they can use after they're out of school, like job skills? Job skills. Well, I already touched on some of these, the teamwork and communication and just... I think you mentioned that CNC is part of it. Yeah, CNC, uh, computer numeric control. It's mm -hmm. a router. It's an amazing tool. Those are jobs. Those are jobs that our kids could potentially get. Mm -hmm. And if you get on Craigslist and look under the job postings, it's all CNC operators. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a huge need in the community. Yeah, especially in this area. So, yeah, we have one. Every, every kid is trained on it. So there's a lot that goes into that. There's design. There's thinking about the composition and 
then there's programming and CAD and all those things that go into making something on the CNC. So uh, I'm still learning. <laughs> I've, I've learned a lot in the last two years. I had no experience before coming to the Affirmative Center. Do you feel like this program has been effective overall at helping these students with their problems? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of success stories. We have a lot of students that come back by and check in with us during the summer and during the school year. They all are successful members of the community. You know, they're not lawyers or doctors or anything like that, but they're holding a full-time job and they're not in trouble, which means we're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. What would you say is the most gratifying part of the job? With every student, well, I wouldn't say with every student, but with some students, you sort of see that light bulb go off and they they get it. No matter what it is, because I don't care if the kids like building the boat. I don't care if they like the water. I mean, I'm not trying to train a bunch of boat builders or sailors or anything like that. I think what what I teach them is it's okay to make mistakes and how to fix mistakes and how to problem solve. A lot of times the kids will make a mistake and they'll be like, screw this, this sucks, and, you know, throw it down. And, and it's like, no, wait, we can fix that. I mean, that's basically what I do is fix mistakes, my own and um, <laughs> other people's. And just seeing the students succeed, seeing them gain a little bit of confidence and be able to look back on their time with us at Bayfront Mutant, they reflect on it and think, wow, that was crazy that, you know, they trusted us with a bunch of sharp tools and AEP to build that boat and to think back and be proud of the boat that they built. I think some of them feel that way now and others don't realize it yet. I just hope that one day they'll, they'll think back and, and think that it was a great experience, you know, and I think giving them that experience and giving them the opportunity to to do it is huge. I mean, that's one thing that the kids, I I see that they don't really have is these opportunities. You know, a lot of them are really, really poor. And a lot of people ask me, you know, is most of your population black or white or it's every possible. um, Yeah, I was going to ask you if it's a co-ed program. It is a co-ed program. Yeah. And their backgrounds are from everywhere. Some of them are African-American, Puerto Rican, Somali, you name it. So that's really fun to get to work with kids from other cultures. And Makes it different every day, I imagine. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like about AEP, too, is when I have a really bad day, it just varies from day to day. You know, the next day is not going to be as bad. <laughs> you know, even when I have a bad day and I really feel frustrated and I feel like, all is lost, you know, I'm wasting my time. Then usually a couple of days later, I find that I'm really happy that I did this and, you know, or that I do this work. But some days I really question my sanity <laughs> <laughs> because it's chaos. I mean, it's, it's not mean? an orderly environment. I mean, it is in the way that, uh, that it's organized chaos, I guess I should say. <laughs> But What's so chaotic about it? Well, there's a bunch of kids running around boat shop with things they could trip on or things they could fight with or things they could sharpen. But that never happens, I imagine. Or has it we've, had, we've had safety issues, for sure, with mm-hmm. kids not listening. And usually I just try to get them out of the boat shop, you know, so that they can just take a walk and cool down and then they can come back. I don't ever want to kick kids out permanently. Oh, that's you know, Because that could be damaging. Yeah, right. 
and I've made mistakes and I've done stupid stuff. You know, if I think back to my youth (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't realize at the time that it was a safety issue. Just like, hey, it would be cool to sharpen this stick on the sander. And you you don't realize sort of what you're doing. So I always try to get give them a second chance and third chance and sometimes a fourth chance to be successful. It just depends. I mean, there's there's just so many different cases of them testing the boundaries. Do you find yourself playing the role of counselor with some kids? Like, do they come to you with problems that they don't think they can go to anyone else with? Yeah, especially... I work with a lot of the girls and... Are you the only maritime educator there? I guess I am, but there's my coworker who does the CNC machine. He's also, I guess, a maritime educator. Him and I work together. I guess maybe I am. There's another guy who's a fleet captain. He just manages our our boats, but he doesn't really work with students very much. So, yeah, I am the only maritime educator right now anyway. (laughs) But you work mostly with, with the girls, you said? I end up working with a lot of the the girls and end up talking with them a lot about everything, really, about marriage. And a lot of them can't believe that I'm married and I have no kids. I mean, that concept to them is just really foreign. (laughs) And that I'm 31 going on 32 with no kids. Their reaction is always like, you better hurry up. (laughs) You better go. You know, (laughs) Um, so that's really crazy to a lot of the students. And a lot of them at 14, 15, 16 are being pressured by their um, boyfriends to have kids and get pregnant. And oh, yeah, we have a couple students right now that have kids, but I couldn't imagine they work. They take their kids to daycare and they go to school. They're, they're very impressive. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. So. Either, either. How does the community get involved with the boat shop and what's going on? Well, we do two annual fundraisers. One is Ales for Sales. We open up our doors um, and have nine local breweries come in. So we sell tickets for 35 bucks a piece. And so it's a big fundraiser for us. And then we do the Cardboard Boat Regatta, which is in the summer. What's up? Build a bunch of cardboard boats and throw them in the water. <laughs> and we have a bunch of different awards. Fastest boat, um, most dramatic sinking, um, <laughs> you know, most creative. And that's really cool because some kids have been doing it every single year. You know, oh, their cool. family builds a boat or the organization builds a boat. We work with the Housing Authority kids and the JFK Center. So they all build a boat and come and race it. And we try to teach them how to paddle, too. But I try to tell the kids every year, you know, if you just paddle in a straight line, you'll win. <laughs> but it's, that's a hard concept for Yeah, because you have to alternate, right? Yeah, yeah. And you got to have somebody at the back who's steering the boat. Um, so you got to have the muscle in the back and you got to keep paddling straight. And it's it's... It's a difficult thing, I mean, <laughs> especially when you're 11 years old. <laughs> How many boats do you build a year? At BMC, just a couple, just one or two. Um, it's only one a semester. Well, we do summer programming as well. I mean, since I've been there, we've only built one boat a year, but we do other programs. Mm-hmm. And so we build model boats. And, and then there are years where they build really simple boats that are smaller, six-hour canoes that are a lot quicker. They can build a lot of them. At Compass Project, the uh, place in Portland, Maine, that I worked, we built a lot of boats, like average of eight during the school year, you know, anywhere from 
uh, 13 to 25 in the summer because we did a big boat building festival. That was our big fundraiser up there. There was a year we had 16 boats. Wow. And we built them in two and a half days with a bunch of folks. Oh, my goodness. A bunch of families and organizations and corporations. So they all came down and we had a bunch of volunteers that helped out with it. So we did that and we did a bunch of camps and stuff where we built a boat in a week. At Bayfront, it's just been one boat a year. But they're 22-foot boats, so they're big boats, Mm -hmm. pretty involved. Sounds like you enjoy the job pretty well. I do. You know, it was so serendipitous that I got this job here. Oh, yeah. I think it was just, like, always meant to be. It was such a weird fit because when I, you know, Ben and my husband got accepted to Edinburgh University, and I, my first thought was, like, well, I'm not going. I got this great job on the coast of Maine, building boats with kids, and hell no, I'm not moving, (laughs) you know, to Pennsylvania. And then as I started researching and found Bayfront online and read everything about it, I I think I stayed up until three o'clock in the morning watching all the videos, reading the whole website. And so that next morning I woke Ben up and said, we got to go. I'm not going to quit a great job that I love. This place looks great, but it's all about the people you work with. You know, if if the place is really cool, but the people are terrible and not passionate about it and just going through the motions, then I don't, I don't want to work there. So we just drove out here over spring break and I just called Rich up and said, Hey, can I come in for a tour? I didn't tell him I was moving here. Rich is the executive director. Yeah, BMC. And I didn't tell him that I was moving or anything. I just said, Hey, I happen to be in town. I work for a similar organization in Portland. And, you know, he said, come on down. He's very generous, gave us like two hours of his time even though he's a really busy guy. So was this, was this a vacancy that was open? Like yeah, well, I, we didn't know it at the it. time. Yeah, we I didn't know it. So he gave us like two hours of his time, you know, showed us around, talked to him. And then I said at the end, hey, listen, I might be moving here. And he said, come into my office and sit down. We did an interview right then and there. He said, the guy that did have your job just told me two days ago that he doesn't want to do it next year. So you want to talk about timing and serendipity. I mean, it was always meant to be. It's an uncanny thing. I I can't really explain it. So (laughs) this was, this was how it was supposed to happen, I guess. Here I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. I mean, once I sat down with Rich and Amy, because Rich is the executive director, but um, his wife, um, is the assistant director and they run it together. I mostly work with Rich, but I work with Amy a bit too. And when we actually sat down and talked about it, <laughs> we all had goosebumps. I mean, it was just like, wow. <laughs> so it's, it's an amazing thing. If somebody wanted to follow the boat shop online, what would be the best way to do that? Facebook. And my kids write a blog about oh. building these two St. Isle skiffs, the 22 foot rowboats. And so I can give you that link. It's bmcstalskiff.blogspot.com. Okay, I'll link to that. Okay. <laughs> or our website, which is bayfrontcenter.org, that has a link to our Facebook, to our Twitter, and to the blog. And come visit, you know, support us through going to one of our annual fundraisers or Erie Gives Day or just stopping by to see the progress that we're making. Good deal. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I think so. How was this? I think I said everything that I I wanted to say. I mean, I teach a lot of applied math, which is something I guess I didn't talk about. Obviously, building a boat is a lot of different angles. You have to measure everything twice. Cut it once. (laughs) 
heard that. <laughs> so I do a lot of fractions, obviously, with measuring. We do a lot of geometry, compound angles. and Do you find everything. these are things that the kids know about a little in advance, or is this something you are teaching for the first time? It cases? depends. It depends on their homeschool, what country they came from, whether oh, or not yeah. they have only learned metric and they don't know the English system of measuring. And that's pretty entertaining because they're like, why? You know, if they've <laughs> learned metric. It makes so much sense. It's really intuitive. And then they come here and it's like 13 sixteenths of an inch. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to learn. Yeah, yeah. So I end up teaching measuring. I, I end up teaching a lot of math, just whatever it might be, um, multiplying fractions dividing fractions, finding a center line. You have to do all that so the boat goes together symmetrically and correctly. So that was the only thing I, I don't think I really talked about. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, and I, a lot of them sit in math, math class and think, you know, I'm never going to use this. I remember feeling that way about algebra. Yep. Like, Same here. But when you put it into a format where it's like, okay, our boat is this many inches long. We need to put a screw every five feet. How many screws do we need? You break it down like that. That's an equation. That's algebra. But it makes sense and it's tangible and it's real and you can apply it to something. For me, that's when a lot of light bulbs go off with my students. It's like, oh, that's what we need this for. A lot of them like to cook and bake. So it's the same thing, measuring out flour and yeah. doubling a recipe. It's all math. Um, math is so important. I mean, if they really like building and they're really passionate about it, they have to learn math. I mean, no matter who you are, you have to learn math. But that's the one thing that I really try to reinforce. I almost forgot to ask, do you need a certification to be a maritime educator? No. Well, you do to be one of the other teachers math or social studies. But for me, I'm not, I just have experience. I, I don't have any education degree. I've never even taken an education class. <laughs> <laughs> My mom was a teacher. And so I went to work with her a lot. And when I started teaching in college, when I was teaching downtown Dayton, I knew then that I was going to be a teacher. You know, I huh. knew then that that was what I was going to do. And I don't know why. I continued at college to get a religion minor instead of getting an education degree. <laughs> but that was the decision I made at the time. And so um, I might go back to school for education at some point. I want to be a shop teacher. I mean, I, I want to do what I do now. And I have learned about myself that I have a lot of patience mm -hmm. <laughs> that I didn't know I had. <laughs> So I can work with this population, and there's a lot of folks that can't, oh, and yeah. I understand that. That's all I have. Okay. Well, thank you, Jody. This has been The Plural of You, and I'm Josh Morgan. The show's website is pluralofyou.org. That's all for now. I thank you for being kind today. Take care.